Good morning. How are you today? It's good to see you. Glad that you're here. I'm going to set this aside for later or just let it hang there so it'll bother you. You got to focus on that. Did y'all hear that? That little boy cry out a while ago? That's my grandson. He's got some lungs on him, doesn't he? Uh, I, I, I want you to know I step up here this morning with somewhat of a heavy heart, uh, and I want to share that with you. I know that what we're going through is serious. I know that we've had a spike in COVID-19 cases in our community and in the nation uh, lately. Uh, we don't address it much here because I want to get away from that and forget about it and just focus on God and be refreshed and renewed when we come as God's people. Uh, but it's, it's not something we want to avoid either. Uh, with the new orders from our governor, Larry uh, touched on it a little bit, but I feel just led to, to share a little bit more on it. Um, we have some decisions to make this week, no doubt about it. Uh, I know this virus attacks physically, right? It attacks our bodies, and, and that's serious. And, and I get that. We understand that. You understand that. But what we have to understand is there's, there's other avenues. There's the spiritual end, the emotional end, and the mental end, too. Uh, the attack, uh, virus attacks physically, but it's affecting us in all those areas, too. And uh, recognizing that and realizing that, uh, we have stayed the course in meeting and seeing people get baptized and saved and, and join this church family and grow in their relationship with God. Uh, but in talking this time around, you know, they, they keep changing and keep tweaking things. And they, by I mean leadership in our, our state, and what they came out with Friday is churches can meet up to 25% or no more than 75 people. And... Uh, you know, so, so they tweaked the back end of that on us this time. But they, what they've also done is said this, that we're going to start looking county by county. And uh, the counties that will not cooperate with us, that will not follow the mandates, we're going to keep them locked down for, for longer than the counties that are not. Now, I want you to know my heart. That's why my heart is heavy. I, I don't want us, Faith Baptist Church, I don't want us to be the reason uh, that our schools remain shut down. I don't want us to be the reason that, that the small businesses here are still struggling and people are struggling financially and people are struggling emotionally and physically and, and, and spiritually and mentally. I, I don't want us to be that reason and you don't either. Amen? But I also know this, that God wants us to meet together as a church. This virus is more than physical. It attack, it's attacking individuals and families and marriages and and everyone else, emotionally and physically and spiritually and mentally, all those are the areas that just to this social distance and this stay-at-home order and, and things that happen like that. Uh, I, I've talked to family after family. We have as a staff, I know you have, and you may be going through it, uh, the difficulties of what the kids are going through, through you know, virtual learning and Zoom. And, and it's just for many, many of them, it's just not working. The kids are struggling emotionally and relationally. Uh, having a Wednesday night and a Sunday morning where they can come together with other kids and, and socially interact, you can't put a price tag on that. For you and for me to come together, we can't put a price tag on this. I don't know about you, but <laughs> you know, that first week or two and, and, and the end of March and April, I thought, okay, I'll stay home, right? And it got into April and it's like, man, I'm not liking this at all, at all. And then towards the end of April and May, it was like, I'm, I'm suffering, I mean, relationally. Uh, it was hard. And, and, and I may be wrong here. I don't think this is a two-week shutdown, do you? I think it's the start of it, again, because two weeks, they're not going to... Anyway, I don't want to get way off on that. I just want you to know this. 
I don't want to be the reason that more people are seeking counseling and help because they're struggling. I don't want to be the reason for more spiritual depression, and, and I certainly don't want to do any more funerals because people gave up during this time. Everyone has a strong opinion on this. Amen? <laughs> so pray for us as leaders. All of that to say pray for us as leaders. Uh, God has a plan. God saw this from the beginning of time. This is not surprising him. He has a plan for us. We want to be right in the middle of that plan. And there is a balance. Somewhere in there, there's a balance of being obedient to God and also being sensitive to the times we live in. I get that. We get that. What that is, that's, that's what we're striving to find and to be in and to live in. Okay? So whatever decision is made, I ask you as Faith Baptist Church to support that decision. Know that it comes not easily. Uh, you've got one end that's saying, you know, stay the course. Come on, let's just go. You've got the other end saying, we need to do our part and shut down. And, you know, and so you throw all that out and say, God, what do you want us to do? Are you good with that? Okay, I just want to share that with you. So pray as we seek and continue to seek to be obedient to God every day of our life and as a church. With that said, I'm going to preach on obedience to God. How's that? Is that okay? All right. So I brought a water hose up here today as a visual. And you know, I have several water hoses at my house. You probably do too if you have a house. If you live in an apartment, you probably don't have one. We, you got a couple hooked to your washing machine on the back of it, but, and, th and that'll suffice for the illustration, okay? But, but what I do, why I buy a water hose is because I want to get water somewhere, right? Specifically. So I, I take one end and I, I cut a, a water hose because I didn't want a 50 foot, I didn't have anything less than a 50 foot water hose. And I thought that's a little excessive. I don't want to drag that around the you know, platform all the morning. So I just cut some, uh, one that was already cut. But anyway, we hook one end to the faucet and then we take the other end to where we want the water to go, right? This becomes a conduit or a vessel for a purpose. And the purpose is to get the water to where I want it to go. Without this garden hose, without this water hose, it's much more difficult uh, for me to get the water from the faucet to where I want it to go. You, can you agree with that? I, mean, I can turn the faucet on. I can, I, can, I can do this, but I can only do that about four feet. What if I want it 50 feet? What if I want it in a specific spot? This has tremendous value in being a conduit for water. It goes in and it comes out where we want it to. A vessel for water is what it is. And if I take, and I've got the, the nozzles that you, you know, put on the end of the water hose so I can even spray or direct it even further or more intact than that, right? But if I just leave that nozzle on and never pull the, the, the trigger to make it spray, the water's no good to me. It stays inside the vessel and it doesn't do any good. It stays inside the conduit. The other end needs to be open for this to be effective, that's what it was created for. They don't, they don't make a garden hose with one end that's attached to the faucet and the other end's plugged. That would be no good. <laughs> that's not what it's created for. It has open ends on both sides of it. And what I, what I want to really illustrate this morning to you as we're in this series called The Vessel, I want to take a good look at how God wants to continue to use us as vessels for him. We talked, first of all, of how individually, personally, we are to be a vessel that's offering ourselves up to God to be a vessel used by him. For, for the gifts, the talents, the spiritual gifts, the, whatever he's given us is to flow through us to other people. 
It's not to be stopped up. It's not to have a nozzle on it. And then last week we talked about as, as a church body, how God wants to use us as a vessel together. There are certain aspects to life, the way God created it, we're stronger together than we are apart. We're more effective together than we are apart. When we come together and worship, there's more power in that than worshiping by ourselves. Both are valuable. Both should have their own place. But there is a time and a place for God to use the church, local church as a, as a vessel for him. And we need to be open to that. And with, with that said, we're going to continue today, and I'm going to talk about being a vessel that God wants to use when it comes to our money. So how many of you would admit today that you're a hoarder? Let's see how many honest people we have today. Thank you. Thank you. There's some. Come on. How many are a hoarder? Come on. It's hard, isn't it? It's like, oh, no, I am. Stop it. Stop looking at me. I'm not doing it. Don't. I, okay. How many of you know a hoarder? Oh, yeah, there we go. See, oh, man, I'm just telling you right now. I can come to some of your houses, I'm gonna, and I'm going to walk in and go, a liar, right? <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Because <laughs> just uh, we, we, we either are one or we know one, uh, and it can be a problem. I remember uh, when I was pastoring in Iredale, Texas, I went to visit a, an elderly man in our church, and, and I walk, I'd never been there. I walked in the house, <laughs> and it took me a minute to get over the shock. Seriously, folks, there was six feet high stacks of newspapers everywhere. There, were, there was aisles that I could walk in in the house around the stacks of newspapers. And so I went in and, and sat down to visit with them. And guess what? We had to move off the chair for me to sit down. Newspapers. And we moved those, and we sat down. Now, I really enjoyed visiting with him. Uh, this man was a retired U.S. Marshal. Oh, my gosh. I just got him going and listened to his stories. He worked on the Canadian border, and, and I, I didn't know any U.S. Marshals. How about you? And so he got to telling me about that. But I walked away that night and, and visiting with him and just having a good visit. But now that I look back, I remember two things about him. And you know what they are? He was a U.S. Marshal, and he was a hoarder. That's what I remember. I don't want us to be remembered as God's people, as hoarders. Having a nozzle on the end when it comes to what God has given us. God wants us to be a conduit when it comes to our, our time, our talents, and our money. We are not meant to hoard anything. Listen, we're not created to hoard we're not created to have a nozzle on us and not use what God has given us for his honor and his glory. God has not created us that way. And we watch the video each week of the, the potter forming the clay and creating that vessel that he wants to create. And the clay, if it doesn't cooperate, it says, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. I don't want to, you know, we know that clay couldn't, but when we're like that with God and we say, God, I don't, I don't want to be that vessel. I don't want you to use me that way. I'm going to, I'm going to be a hoarder. Understand this morning, that's a sinful way to live. And I know a lot of people live their entire life under tension because of money. They live every day worrying about money. They live month to month, never being able to catch up. Uh, seems like they're always in debt. They just, they just can't get there. And I want you to know that's not God's plan for your life. God doesn't want you to live under financial stress your entire life. The reason why many people live that way is because they ignore what God says about money. 
So if you're visiting with us today, I, I, I want you to know my heart is this morning, it, it, this sermon is really not about money. It's about obedience to God. And hopefully you wanted to come too. And as Faith Baptist Church, as a member, as an attender, you want to hear how we can be obedient to God. Amen? Well, part of it is being a vessel with what God has given us when it comes to our money. See, if we cooperate and follow God's word when it comes to managing the money he has blessed us with, then we free ourselves of the stress and anxiety that money can bring on us. That's just how it works. If we ignore what God says, if we're not a conduit, if we're a hoarder, if we close up that end and, and just hold the water in, if we close up that end and hold the money and hold on to it tight and we don't do what God says to do with it, we're not that vessel that he wants us to be. So I want you to get this morning, get this this morning. You walk out with one main thought. Here it is. God wants us to be obedient when it comes to our money. Now listen, I, I don't want your money because I don't get your money. <laughs> you understand that? That's not how it works. I, I want, as a pastor, us to be obedient to God in, in taking those steps of growth in our life. And part of that, honestly, comes to our money. So I'm going to use a lot of scripture to support this subject this morning. I encourage you again to do what Larry said. If you, you didn't have it, that's fine. Download that app right now. version, Bible app. Download it. Go to the online bulletin. The notes are in there. I'm going to use some scripture to support the thoughts this morning, but go back and study these scriptures this week. Go look at the, the context and really dig into them because uh, I'm just touching the surface on it. Uh, surface. You know, Jesus, he taught on heaven. That's good. Jesus taught on hell. That's good. Jesus taught on a lot of things. But Jesus taught on money, money more than anything else because he knows what a stronghold it can have on us. So go and study these this week. So the first thing I want us to recognize and submit to is this. God is the source of our money. God is the source of my money. Understanding and accepting this is the cornerstone of being a conduit of being a vessel when it comes to our money. Listen, if I don't understand that God is the source of my money, then I'll never be the vessel he wants me to be when it comes to it. I won't be that conduit. If you forget that God is the source of money, then you are going to struggle with honoring him with it. If you think that you are the source of your money supply or that your job is the source of your money supply or your investments are the source of your money supply, if you think anything else, if, if you're on state help, if you think that is the source of your money supply, you're never going to honor God like he wants you to honor him as a vessel, as a conduit with the money he has given you. God is the source of everything in our lives. Do you agree with that? God is the source of everything in our lives, including our money. When I remember that, then, then I don't struggle with honoring him and being a vessel and being a conduit with it. See, for those, there's some, I guarantee you, there's some here hearing this right now, whether you're here or online, and thank y'all for tuning in online. Um, you're hearing this, and, and here's what you're thinking. God didn't work for my paycheck. I did. Okay, so I have a question. Where'd you get the ability and the health to work? Who gave you that? Anybody? God did, didn't he? God gave you the ability, the talent, the, the whatever smarts you have, right? Intelligence, and he's given you everything to have the ability to have that job, to hold that job, to earn a paycheck. And you say, I earned my paycheck. No, you didn't. God gave you everything you have and the ability to earn that paycheck. Thank you, God, for that. Amen? 
Deuteronomy 8.18, be on the screen. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. It's he who gives you the power. You say, I earned my paycheck. No, you didn't. God gave you the ability, the talent, whatever it is, the power to, to work, to attain whatever you have. God gives you the ability to produce wealth. If God didn't give you that ability, we would have, you would have, I would have nothing. We wouldn't have anything, whether it's one dollar or a hundred dollars. I don't care what the amount is. If we earn something, God gave us the ability to earn that. He gave us the breath to earn it. See, God is the source of all of our money. Romans eleven thirty six says this. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Now look back at that. For of him and through him and to him are all things. What are all things? <laughs> Everything, including the ability to make a living. This is the principle of ownership. God owns it all, but he loans some of it to me. So we have this mentality sometimes that I own it, that it's mine. No, that's not a biblical concept. Everything we have, the, the breath we breathe, the health we have, the, these bodies that God has given us to live in, the house we live in, the car we drive, whatever our situation is, God has given us on loan every one of those things. Every one of them. If I borrow a wheelbarrow from you, and I say I need to move some dirt, and I borrow the wheelbarrow, and I take it to my house, and I move whatever dirt I want to move, and I get done with it, and I put it on my patio, and it sits there for three days. Is that wheelbarrow now mine? It's not? Why not? I borrowed it, right? You didn't say you could have that, Robbie. It'd be nice if you did. I'm just kidding. I have one. I don't need a wheelbarrow. Um, but, but it's not my, if it sits there for two weeks, is it mine? If you're one of those that borrows and it sits there for three months and the person that loaned it is going, man, where is my wheelbarrow? If you're that person, it's still not yours. Okay? Because we borrowed it. it it's on loan to us. If I rent something from someone and I agree to pay that owner a rent for renting whatever they're renting to me, Right? To not honor that owner and pay them would be wrong. Do you agree with that? If I agree to rent something and I don't pay my rent, is that sinful? You ready? God is the source, the owner of everything we have. To not honor him with everything we have, including our money, is sinful. It's wrong. We go through life, we're going to be known as a hoarder instead of a giver. God is the source. That's the first thing we need to grab a hold of this morning, folks. Whether you're a student getting this and not making much money right now or anything at all, grab hold of this principle. Because the sooner you grab a hold of this, more God's going to bless you, I promise. Or whether you're sitting here and this has been a struggle for you and, and you, you want to and, and you just struggle with it, uh, understand God's the source. And if you're, you're here today, you're listening online and, and you are taking these steps and you're obedient to God in this, keep it up. Because he's using you as a conduit, as a vessel. Second thing, God is the source and we are to honor God first. 
That's a principle of life. We are to honor God first. The Bible's very clear, Matthew 6, right? Very familiar verse. Uh, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and what? And his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now you go to verse 34 and 35, and it gets into our clothing and our food and, and the things that we're so concerned about. Sometimes the things that we pay and spend our money on before we honor God with a tithe and an offering. And God says, you seek me first in my righteousness. You seek me first. You honor me first. You realize I am the source for everything you have. You honor me first, and I will take care of all the rest. That's what he says. Now, do you think if God says something, he will do it? Okay, I'm going to ask that again. Do you think if God says something, he will do it? God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You need some food? Honor me first. I'll make sure you're eating. You need some clothes? Honor me first. I'll make sure. Now, it may not be the, the finest clothes, right? But you're going to be covered. Put him first. Now, it's just a, it's a principle of God. If you want a godly marriage, you've got to put God first in the marriage. If, if you want a godly home, you have to put God first in the home. If you want a godly business, you've got to put God first in the business. If you want godly whatever in your life, you've got to put him first. But if you want to honor God with your finances, you have to put him first in your finances. That's just the way it works. See, here's the promise. Proverbs 3. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of, of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. That's the promise. He says, you put me first, I will bless you. Now, that blessing looks different for all of us, right? Some people he greatly blesses monetarily with more money. Some people he blesses with, with health. Some people he blesses with, you know, kids that don't drive them nuts. I don't know. So, I mean, it's just, uh, that blessing can look different, but I've always looked back and thought, man, are we going through this or are we struggling here because we're not honoring God in this area of our life? And if the Holy Spirit says, yes, that's, you're, you're living in sin there. You're not, I'm not first. You're not being a conduit and a vessel, Robbie. Then it's a real easy fix. I need to fix me so the blessings of God will come. I don't need to disagree with the word of God and argue with God and not be pliable and moldable as a vessel. I just need to submit to him. What's the purpose? Deuteronomy 14. And you shall eat before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide. The tithe of your grain and your new wine and your oil of the firstborn of your herds and your flocks that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. Why does God want to be recognized as the source of everything we have? Why does he want us to honor him with the first of everything we have? So that we recognize our, our fear of him. Now that fear is that reverential fear, right? That he is God and we are not. It's not fear that, oh my gosh, he's going to zap me if I don't do this, right? It's that reverential fear that, that it's God, you're God. And I'm not. The place of tithing, where you worship. Tithing is an act of worship. You do it in, in a house of worship. 
The Malachi 3.10, right? Very familiar verse. When you start preaching on giving or tithing or offerings, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out uh, for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Uh, the promises of God and the place here, we're to bring our tithes to the storehouse. Now, I want you to get this. I want you to understand this, right? Um, um, everything we do here, Everything we do uh, comes from Faith Baptist Church. Whether it's pay an air conditioning bill or a heating bill, pay the insurance so we can stay up to date on it. Uh, this, our, this church has such a vision uh, that, it, that it has agreed to pay staff like me or, or the staff that we have so we don't have to work another job and minister here and try to pastor and be bivocational, that kind of thing. We're blessed in that. This church has that vision, but that takes you know, offerings and tithes to come in. Uh, every curriculum that kids are using and taking home, the online service that people are enjoying right now, everything to an extent, takes money, and it all comes from Faith Baptist Church. There's no hierarchy system over us, right? We're not getting any funds from anybody else. It's God's people being a vessel and a conduit with the money he's given him. To be very pinpoint specific, every missionary we support, 119 missionaries, right, fulfilling the Great Commission. I would hope you agree that we need to be fulfilling the Great Commission. Go ye into all the world, Amen. 119 missionaries. I don't know about you. I, I'm not going to Belgium. Are you? I'm not going to China. I'm, I, God hasn't called me to go to Mexico. He hasn't called me to do any of that. He has called me to fulfill the Great Commission, though. And part of doing that is giving to missions. It's giving to this, through this ministry in a house of worship, this local church, so that we can support 119 missions and have our part in taking the mission around the world. But it takes prayer and it takes finances to support those missionaries. That's just what it is. We're, we're to bring it to a house of worship. Now, I ask, you know, question, when am I supposed to do it? 1 Corinthians 16, 2 says, On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. And so there's a lot of debate on this, but here's, here's me. I, I, I suggest this, when you get paid, okay? That's when we should give an offering, is when we get paid. You say, I don't get paid weekly. Well, you get paid bi-monthly, you get paid once a month, whatever it is. When you get paid is when we should and honor God with that. So I want you to, to circle or notice in that verse, it says lay something aside. That means you've got to plan it. Put aside some of what you've earned. That means you have to think about it. You've got to pray about it. You have to budget it in first. God's, God's the source. We're honor him first. That means when I get paid, the first thing that comes out of that is what I honor God with. Not the last thing if something's left over. The first thing. It's planned giving. It's not pressured giving. It's not emotional giving. It's spiritual giving. Honoring God. Uh, the, and I don't, I don't have time this morning to go read the story of the widow and the, and the, and the mites, right? The two mites. And it says Jesus, they were sitting at the temple, house of worship, and people were coming and bringing their offerings. Most of them were coming and giving out of their abundance. That's what it says. But then this widow came along and she gave two mites, which was not even the equivalent of one penny. And Jesus said she's given more than all of them combined. Budget it. Set it aside. I, I'm going to give you some, some ways here in a minute, but I just want you to know, uh, so you know, you know fit, over 50% of our church now gives online. It's just the day and age we live in. 
right? And most people don't, have, if you have a checkbook, you don't carry it anymore. And you don't carry cash, right? We Venmo everything. We uh, Zillow everything. <laughs> or we, you know, whatever is electronically is what we do. We pay online. We pay our bills online. We set them up to be paid automatically if we can, you know? It's just, what, it's the day and age we live in. Over 50% of our church gives online. And, you know, there's a button on there that says give weekly, and it'll automatically do it. Give monthly. It'll automatically do it. Don't have to worry about it. Don't have to remember it. Just honor God off the first and foremost. But don't do this. Don't just set that and forget about it. Every time it comes around, you worship God and say, thank you, God, that I'm able to honor you and, and, and just use this for your honor and your glory, right? Worship him with that, even if you had it set up to do it uh, all the time. So here's the thing. God is the source, and we're to honor him first with the money he's given us. And then lastly this morning, we need to enjoy what God has given us. We need to enjoy what God has given us or given me. I need to. If you're only going to be happy when you get a little bit more, guess what? You're never going to be happy. You'll never be satisfied. You'll never have that peace if you just need a little bit more. Famous quote from Howard Hughes. Someone asked him, multi-multi-billionaire, not millionaire, billionaire. Somebody asked him one time, how much does it take to be happy? And he said, I'll let you know when I get there. Just a little bit more. Here's what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 5.19. As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat of it, to receive his, her his heritage and rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. Part of honoring God, being obedient, being a vessel for God, being a conduit, right, that hooks up to God and then allowing God to, 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 to use our talents, our gifts, our finances, whatever it is, for him to direct those wherever he wants them to go very, very specifically. To be this conduit in this vessel, what we have to grab a hold of is this. I have to be okay with where I am right now. I need to rejoice in what God has given me right now. now. Now, I know some people here are struggling, and I get that, and that's always a struggle of a message like this. I don't know your finances, okay? I don't know if you're struggling to make ends meet or if you've got a large bank account. I don't know, but I do know this. If you live in America and you've got a roof over your head and food in your refrigerator, you're in the top 3% of the wealthiest people in the world, Our standard tends to be other Americans. And that shouldn't be the standard. There are people struggling just to have food for today, most of the world to an extent. So you say, well, I'm not wealthy because I read this passage and it says, right? As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth. And you think, I'm not rich. I don't have a lot of wealth. <laughs> you live in America and you have anything? You're considered the top 3% of the wealthiest people in the world. Paul says in the New Testament, he learned to be content when he had a lot and when he didn't have anything. That's the biblical aspect of joy and peace. Contentment's on the inside. Happiness is determined by our response to what God has already given us and blessed us with. If I'm not going to be content and blessed with what God's given me, I'll, I won't be content and blessed if he gives me more because I'll want more. We have to learn this aspect. See, what most people do is as soon as they get their check or their salary or their money, they spend it. They spend it. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do with money anyway, right? Spend it. They spend it. Don't miss what they do with their money. What most people do with their money is they spend it. 
They don't even think about it. They don't recognize God as the source. The first thought on their mind is not, how can I honor God with what he's blessed me with? The first thought is, I'm going to spend this and pay off what I want to pay off and pay, send it to where I want to send, and if there's anything left over, I'll get something for me or for us. God is the source, and honoring him first has not even crossed their mind yet. And, and, and a lot of people, and folks, I'm telling you, even in our church, seated right here today and listening online or listening later, there's a lot of people that come and attend here week in and week out, and you're a hoarder when it comes to your money. And I can preach this sermon. I can show you what Scripture says. I can ask you to be obedient. I can encourage you to be obedient. I can plead with you to be obedient to God. I can plead with you and tell you that God will bless you, that, that you're missing so many blessings from God because you will not honor him with his tithe. You won't honor him with the offerings. You have no part in what's going on across overseas eternally with 119 missionaries winning people to Christ because you're not giving to missions. Now listen to what I said there, giving. I don't care, $5 or $100. You're not giving anything, zero, nothing. You have no part in that. Stand before Jesus one day, the reward seat, and, and have no reward there because you didn't invest eternally with the money. My heart as a pastor is, again, this is not about your money. It's about obedience to God. God does not bless when we do things our way. Do you understand that? Say amen if you understand that. He doesn't bless. We can argue with it. We can say we don't like it. We can say, God, why didn't you do it another way? Doesn't matter. We can ask those questions. That's fine. It's okay to ask the question. But we got to come back to what does the Bible say? God says, you honor me first. I am the source of everything you have. You put me first. You honor me. Be a, be a vessel for me to flow through especially when it comes to your money, you be that vessel, you give and you honor me and I will do these things. I'll bless you in those areas. If you don't, I won't. See, God does not bless our format. He blesses his format. So recognize that God is the source. Recognize that he owns it all anyway and that we're just renters of it. You know, he, he's given us some things to use for his honor and his glory, and that includes our money. It's about being a conduit and a vessel and being obedient to a God who set up a plan to bless us. He wants to bless us when it comes to finances. You get that? God's not a hoarder. <laughs> he's not sitting up there saying, I'm just hoarding from you. I'm not going to give it to you. He wants to bless us. He wants to open the windows of heaven. He wants to pour that out on us, but we have to do it his way. We have to follow his plan. We have to get involved with his plan biblically. You know, we can scream all we want. God, I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I'm tired of, you know, losing sleep over finances and paying bills and all these things. Well, there's some steps we can take and we can help you with those. But first and foremost, are you honoring him with it? That's his question. Are you being obedient when it comes to what he has blessed you with? So I'm going to give you a couple of examples here of how to take this step of faith, how to take this step of obedience. One, we have multiple ways to do this online. So we're going to see a, a slide up here. Give online, safe, securely. You can go to our website, Faith Baptist Church, and you can click the little button where the big red arrow is, right? Can't miss that. So I didn't know what to click on the page. It's where the red arrow is. And you can click that, give, and it'll take you to a page where you can put in your name and how much you want to give and information, and, and you can give that way. That's on the website. You can also 
Like right now, if God's speaking to you and you want to give this way, on the back of your seat, there's an envelope. They're always there. We make sure, right? If they're not there, it's not a happy day. They're always there. Envelopes are there. You can take one right now. Write your name. Please write your address because we have a lot of Rodriguez's in our church. Okay, don't put Rodriguez family on there. We don't know which one. Uh, so write your full name on there. Put your address on there so we can determine. And then you fill out if you're gonna, what you're tithe, if you're going to give to missions, to the building fund, maybe a missionary love offering, the total amount. Put the cash or check in there and then turn it in. Drop it in a black box on your way out. Pretty, it's easy to do <laughs> even when we get there. There's another way you can give, and this is what you hear each and every week too. You can take out your phone. We have an app. Download the Faith Baptist Church app, and you can go to that app. And I was talking to someone this morning. They say that's the way we always give. They go to the app. They click the give on the app, and they, they give that way. You can also, which is what you hear, text the number 68878 up there in the top left-hand corner. Subject, put Give. It'll take you, it'll send you this link. You click the blue link in the middle screen and it'll take you to this over here. Give one time, set up reoccurring. You know, how do you want to do this? It's real, it's, it's three clicks to give, to honor God, to be obedient, to recognize him as the source. And there's a lot of ways to give here at Faith Baptist. And again, I want you to know, it's not, for me, it's not about the amount that you put in there. As a pastor, it's about us being obedient to him as a church. It's about being obedient to him. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take up an offering right now. I want to give you a, a chance to, if God's spoken to you and challenged you on this, and you feel the need, and, and you feel like this is a step you need to take, then, then I'm going to encourage you to do that right here, right now. Take out your phone, grab an, an offering envelope, whatever it is, however you can do it. I want you to do that. So you can take out your phone, text six, uh, put 68878, put give, and, and honor him with something right here, right now. Something. You've been putting it off, been meaning to do it. Well, now's your chance. Now, if you're honoring him with the tithes and offerings, I'm not. That's great. But we're going to pray for our offering right now, as we always do. And I want you to listen to the prayers we pray for. Okay? Because it's, it's a general prayer, but it's one we usually pray in every worship service that we have. After we do this, uh, we'll uh, celebrate what God's doing in, in and through uh, Faith Baptist in other ways. Father, we come today, and I thank you for who you are. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for Jesus Christ and, and salvation we have in and through him. Thank you that as sinners who didn't deserve a God to come and die in such a cruel fashion for our sins, that you chose, Father, to send your son, and Jesus, you chose to come. And to be our Savior. And God, what you want from us is not just to sit as a saved person. But you want us to be a vessel that's used for you. You want us to be a conduit of the gifts and talents you've given us. The spiritual gifts you've given us. The, the, the finances that you have provided for us. You want us to be a conduit, not a hoarder. So God, I pray for everyone here today, myself included, that, that we would listen to that Holy Spirit is leading in our life right now, right here in this place, knowing that if I put this off, if I don't do it, it's going to be so much easier not to do it, not to be obedient. So God, we pray that we would be obedient, recognizing that you're the source of everything we have. You own it all anyway. It's on loan to us, and we are to honor you with it first and foremost in our life. And I pray that we would take those steps that we need to, to do that. 
And then God, is, as you always do, as you bless us here at Faith Baptist Church, with whatever comes in in the offerings, I pray that you would give us wisdom so that it would go towards the furtherance of your gospel. So, so the money would be used as, as great stewards so other people can hear about Jesus and come to know him as Savior and get baptized and grow in their relationship and so that we can take it and, and help those that have been called in other places to, to be there to preach the gospel and do exactly there what we're striving to do here. So God, take this offering, as always. Use it for your honor and your glory. And may it come from hearts as wanting just to be that vessel to flow through us, a cheerful heart. We ask that you bless it as only you can this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we're just going to quickly uh, celebrate, as Brother Larry shared with you. We can't do a grand opening, or we're not doing a grand opening like we normally would with the kids' wing. As a church, we voted a long time ago, it seems like, uh, to renovate our kids' wing. And uh, the renovation went from, you know, us who don't have a clue of what things cost up to a little over $4 million, which is crazy for renovation. Uh, but we, uh, I can stand here today and tell you this. We can announce completion of the kids' wing remodel. Amen? Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, COVID hit. It's supposed to, it was supposed to officially be done February 2nd. <laughs> so take that for how you will, okay? I want to say this to you. Thank you for loving people. Faith Baptist Church has always been about relationships. Thank you for loving people, for loving families, for loving kids. Whether you know it or not, there's, there's a lot of ministries out there. They won't invest in kids. And, and this church sees the value of a, of a strong kids ministry. So I want to say thank you for giving, for praying, for being patient as we've moved around during this time and, and had some things going on. The kids wing is amazing, and we want you to get a feel for it. So uh, we just thought the best way to do that in the times that we live in is to uh, show a video, a walkthrough video quickly, and then it's going to go live. The screen's going to go live down to the kids' wing, and it'll show the kids and, and Andy and Jennifer and the workers down there, and they're going to have a word for us, and after that, we'll be dismissed. So let's go ahead and show the video.